What do you know? What do you know? Here we go. Podcast number 198. This podcast is just about some time that I spent in Seattle working in a group home. Yes, when I I moved to Seattle in the early 90s, a great time to be living in Seattle. I finished college out there at the University of Washington, but once I got to Seattle, I needed to get some work. I was living with some good friends of mine, Stacy and Niles, who are still very close friends to this moment. And I I got a job working at a group home. I'm not quite sure why I, I applied for the job, but it was kind of far away. I spent a lot of time bicycling. I was a full-time bicycle commuter in Seattle. That's where I honed my year-round commuting, bicycle commuting chops. But I got this job at a group home. I was very apprehensive. I've had no experience doing that kind of work. It was for mentally disabled people. And they all had a different type of mental disability. Uh, I think one of them had trouble getting information out and another one had trouble getting information in. One had Down syndrome. I mean, it was just an array of issues. And it was a very beautiful group home, meaning one of the residents, one of the residents' mother while she was alive, created this group home. It was very independent. Uh, the, the, the residents w- were very well taken care of. The, the place was very nice. And it, it kind of stood out as its own thing. Uh, apparently, it had a little history for being a very good group home. It, it, it really took care of these people. Um, I was only there for six months. And when I left, they said, yeah, usually people last about six months and they decide whether or not it's something they really want to do. And I kind of realized it was something I I couldn't really do and didn't want to do. But I'll tell you what, my friends, I had a most incredible time working there. It was just astounding. It was really the, the life lessons I learned hanging out with these residents were incredible. I mean, communication was tough at times, but we had our moments. We had, I think there were three men and three women. And uh, it was just, God, it was such a special time that six months. It left a lifelong, lifelong lasting impression on me. And even, and, and that's the thing. I was thinking about it today when I was driving around it just popped into my head. It had something to do with the fire department. And that just triggered a long series of memories that ended up with this guy, Mark, who was one of the residents at the group home. Interestingly enough, Mark, uh, he he functioned better than m- all of them, actually, because he could ride the bus on his own. And he, this brother, he had a jobby job. I mean, he washed dishes all day. Uh, at some restaurant, you know, it was just, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Mark would come home every day. I went to go, okay, I had to go, I'd get to work, take care of a couple, I'd ride my bike to work, and then I would take care of a couple things, and then I would have to get on the bus, and then take the bus to this destination point where I would pick up like three of, four of the residents, mostly the women, and uh, one man, and we would ride the bus back 
to our destination, uh, close to the home, and then we would walk home. It was really, you know, hard to believe that was part of my job. But yes, indeed, yes, indeed it was. And I'll tell you, those bus experiences, they were they could be a little wild, you know, because these are all mentally disabled people hanging out on the back of a bus. And uh, one of them, I can't remember her name. She was very tall, probably late 40s, early 50s. She really had a lot of sexual interest in men, and she loved sitting by men, and she was like, man, man, you know, it was, you know, on a number of occasions, men had to get up and leave, and then I would have to slightly scold her, like, I can't remember her name, but I was like, you, you can't do that, and she would snicker, <laughs> she would snicker, she, I'll tell you what, uh, I was there on my birthday, right? I was there on my birthday and my coworker said, oh, it's Alejandro's birthday. So this woman wanted a hug and I came in and, and gave her a, a hug and she squeezed me pretty hard and then she patted me on the ass <laughs> and she got a little snicker. She's like, yeah, I know I did something bad. She was, she was a handful. I'll tell you what, she was a handful. But uh, yeah, I'd come home and then we'd start prepping for dinner and then Mark would show up and he he was always so excited about work. He was like, oh, there were so many pots and pans, Dro, so many pots and pans. So a big pots and big pans. And I think he just washed dishes all day, you know, and then then he'd come home and take a shower. <laughs> and I got to tell you, just let me let me cut into this story for a moment. One thing I learned from these people is that they. They had so much joy in just being alive and just doing simple things. And I heard this every day when Mark was in the shower because he loved taking a shower. Oh, my word. He was just so expressionate, like, oh, oh, the water. Oh, it feels so good. So hot. So hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then he would come out and tell me how great his shower is or how it was. And it... I was like so amazed, you know, the, the simplicity of a shower and just working, taking the bus home and working, you know, and then we would sit down and eat and oh my word, it was like a, 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 a carnival of joy, all the food noises and how much they just loved eating the food and everything tasted so good and they were always so happy. You know, I was just, there were a couple times I was completely stunned, in awe, frozen, jaw on the floor. And my coworker's like, yeah, funny things happen here, like what you can really realize about life. And I was just like, whoa, this something truly amazing I experienced there. And then, you know, one time, one time uh, we had some fire uh, fire workers, you know, like people from the fire department show up. <laughs> and uh, Mark was an interesting guy. He loved policemen and firemen, that kind of thing. And, you know, uh, one of the, an employee from the police, uh, the fire department showed up and Mark was so excited. You almost couldn't contain him. He was like a bull in a cage. You know, he's like, oh, the fireman's coming, the fireman's coming. And well, the employee showed up and it was a woman, it was a firewoman. And Mark looked so confused. I mean, this this brother looked so confused. He's like, what? Dro? Dro, what's going on? He's like, yeah, 
that's not a fireman because it's a woman. A woman can't be a fireman because a fireman's a fireman. She's a woman. He was so confused. She giggled. <laughs> we all giggled. It was so funny. He's like, I can't believe it. So that's not a fireman because that's a woman. It's a woman can't be a fireman. He had such simple logic and that logic just didn't compute. I mean, he for two days, he was so confused. He just couldn't let it go. It was so amazing. It was so amazing. And then one time, uh, there there was this uh, worker there, uh, resident there. Her name, I believe, was Carla. She had Down syndrome of some sort. She was so sweet. She had a little crush on me. We had a great relationship. We'd have fun. And one time we were just sitting down, like listening to music. And apparently one of her favorite country and Western songs came on the radio and I'd never seen her move so quick and she cheered so loud and she started dancing and she's like, wow, this is my favorite song. And I could tell, oh my word. And for the whole song, she danced and she was just so full of joy. I mean, it was astounding. It was like watching, it was like eating dinner with these guys, just so full of joy and just happy to be alive, like really I was stunned. <laughs> and then she sat down and just got into real mellow mode. It was amazing. I've never, I never saw her that excited again. Just that one time. Wow. Totally, totally amazing. And then we had this other resident there. Her name, I believe, was Debbie. You know, I have all their names written down. I, I kept a daily journal for, I don't know, 17, 18 years. And I wrote every day I came home before I went to bed, I would write about my stories because uh, every day was something was something special at the group home, I'll tell you what. But um, this girl, Debbie, like around a certain time every day, she would come out of her room with a, with a suitcase, right? And, and show it off, like, and open it and close it and put stuff in and take stuff out. She loved suitcases. Like, I mean, when I tell you she loved suitcases, I mean, this this girl loved suitcases. Oh my word. And uh, one day we took them to the mall. Like my job sometimes was to take them out into public and have them interact with people and try to order food and, you know, just buy stuff and this kind of stuff. And I just remembered Deb just, she started, I want to say freaking out, but she was so excited. We were in Macy's and apparently we walked by the luggage department and, oh, I thought she was going to have a heart attack. Oh, we walked in there and she looked like a, a child in a candy store. I mean, she was touching every suitcase, was walking around with them, trying them on, like walking, working, pulling. <laughs> it was so beautiful. I mean, it was just so astounding. I... The, the more I reflect on that time frame, the more I got to tell you something something special was happening there. And I mean, these, of course, other than Mark, none of them worked. They just hung out. We just did daily activities and, you know, we took care of them. We had to clip their nails and cook their food and wash their clothes and, you know, help them shower, all kinds of stuff. Like really, you know, I mean, that aspect was interesting, slightly just something I'm not used to. Let me put it to you that way. But 
Wow, the really just the just to see how much joy they had in the simple things in life. Eating food, listening to music, looking at suitcases. I mean, Deb, she would bring out like Sears and Robux, you know, like a department store catalogs and just look at every suitcase and point to them. And she was the one that really couldn't get a lot of information out. She couldn't communicate well. Um, but I always knew when she wanted to look at suitcases and we would just look at suitcases, you know. That's why I was so happy to take her to the mall. <laughs> but, you know, there there is a beauty to simply enjoying the simple things in life. And these people did. They loved to eat. They loved to watch the sunset. They loved to listen to music. And they just loved hanging out. And I, I, I'll tell you, like, I'm starting to get a little iry, like, misty. I'm, you know, because I had some very powerful uh, <laughs> experiences with this crew. Yeah, I took the three men out once. We went and had beer. <laughs> oh, they were so happy. Oh, my word. We went to the pub. We had a beer. And one guy, he loves smoking cigarettes. He's like, oh, yeah, we're men right now. We're hanging out. We're We're men. And then this other time, this other time I took Mark, um, we went to go do work, uh, like plant trees. I, I can't remember how we got there. This memory just popped into my head. And and uh, Mark was always like, Dro, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I was like, we're going to do some hard work. He's like, oh, hard work in the sun, hard work in the sun, this kind of thing. And, and uh, yeah, he was working hard. I mean, like digging a hole. I mean, this this brother could dig a hole. Oh, my God. And put a tree in there. Oh, yeah. He was working so hard. And I was like, Mark, you're working so hard. I was like, can I get you something? He's like, I'll draw. I want to drink a beer in the sun. He's like, after you work hard, you should drink a beer and sit in the sun. So, yeah, man, I snuck off. I Real quick, I snuck off and I got I got a beer for him and me. And we sat on this little bridge in this park and the sun was shining and we drank a beer and he was so happy. He's like, oh yeah, this I'm, he's like, I work hard like a man. I drink beer. This is, this is good. Like he was so happy. He was so thankful that I bought, let him drink a beer in the sun. You know, and I think about all these things during the pandemic that, you know, we struggle with and we, you know, we take for granted and, or at the same time, we kind of appreciate, but you know, I think just leaning into the simple things in life, like good good meals and good music and, you know, just time with family. We would sit on the couch and listen to music for an hour. That was our nightly activity, sometimes a little television. And, you know, I've spent most of my day today reflecting on my time working, working with these residents at the group home in Seattle, and I'll, it changed my life. It really did. I learned some very special things from these people about what it means to just have joy in life and really to just have such deep appreciation for the simple things. Taking a shower, going to work, eating good food, feeling the sun on your face. That's what Mark said. He's like, oh, it's so amazing to feel the sun on my face and drink a beer after hard work. <laughs> And I thought, you know what? It does. Like, yeah. So today I've been thinking about that crew and that time in Seattle. And 
And, you know, all the special things and moments, all the special things I learned and all the special moments I had. And there, there, there's, there's got to be a hundred, hundreds of them. And today, my friends, I just shared a few with you. And, you know, today I'm just appreciating the simpler things in life because, you know, my arm still hurts a lot and it's hard to do a lot of things. So I'm just, I'm taking it slower. I'm slowing down. And, uh, Really just looking at the really simple, beautiful things in life. And my aspiration is that we all lean into that a little more, you know. Then we just strive to take more joy in our daily existence. And with that, my friends, I'm going to bring it to a close. Podcast number uh, 198, One Hand Speaks Storytelling Podcast, my friends. Uh, Tune back in. We're going to be doing more next week. And as my mama likes to say, stay safe, be cool. See, I told you, he's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets. Hey, hey, my friends, just a quick little uh, Easter egg here. You know, the music in this soundtrack was done by my brother, Estevan. He recorded a couple funky tracks for a... Dharma video I'm doing for my Buddhist lineage. This uh, this time frame right now is called Sagadawa. It is the first of the four great Buddhist holidays, and it is when Gautama Siddhartha, the person we know as or who we call the Buddha, performed his 15 great miracles back in India almost 3,000 years ago. I don't know if any of you out there believe in miracles. I am a true and deep believer but I had to work on a day 15 miracle that's the inexhaustible samadhi food and uh yeah I'm just using his soundtrack for this podcast so just a little easter egg for you yeah 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 yeah